we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for August 31st, 2014. And now we're going to switch gears and really from here on out, we're going to be talking about all of the gay theology and, and just that whole homosexual, bisexual, transgendered movement, how that is absolutely at a breakneck speed infiltrating any vestige of particularly corporate Christianity when you're dealing with the 501c3 corporate denominations. No, no denomination seems to be spared at this point from it. It is absolutely... Uh, turning into a Sodom and Gomorrah-like free-for-all in the churches. And like what I did with this particular study is I had some of this information on the gay stuff and then on the the rebuilding of the temple and these other temples, and and I will, will accumulate this stuff over time, and then I'll have enough to do a, like a dedicated part about one thing. And that way we can actually really look at a a lot of examples of the same thing in one study. All my studies don't work out that way, but this one kind of did. The first report is entitled, Churches Warned, Tidal Wave of Gay Theology Looming. An evangelical Christian worship singer who has been urging Christians to change their doctrine on homosexual behavior since announcing she is a lesbian. So she has no hidden agenda there. She wants to feel justified... In her own mind, she doesn't want to have anybody condemning her. So, it's kind of funny, she's saying, no, because I did this because I'm a lesbian, you really need to change your doctrine on homosexual behavior because of my actions. Which is always a good biblical basis for for change, you know. I I see a lot of Bible for that. So, she's at the forefront of of a coming tidal wave of infiltration of the church by promoters of the gay agenda contends evangelical attorney, evangelist, and activist Scott Lively. He's a lively guy. That's why his last name's Lively. He's just, he's like a live wire. Sorry, I just made that part up. Anyway, Lively, president of Abiding Truth Ministries, said that with insiders on the offensive, such as Vicki Beeching, a British-born artist who has become popular among evangelicals in the United States, she's the one that came out and said she's a lesbian. He expects attacks on Christians in America like we have never seen before. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Jesus said, you know, prior to his own return, in the end times, I mean, basically the time we're in and moving into, you know, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You know? And what was... What was exemplified in Lot's day? Well, Sodom and Gomorrah. So that's what we should be expecting this. We we should be expecting all of these things, essentially like the stuff I just talked about in the first part of the study. All of that confirms the Bible. This this huge, gigantic push to to unify all the monotheistic faiths, and, and then really all the faiths in general, all the cults and pagan, false, pseudo, death religions out there. All of them to get on the same page. The Bible says it's going to be that way. One more religion. This is no different. We should expect, from a biblical standpoint, to see a gigantic push toward the acceptance of 
of um, gay, bisexual, lesbian, transgender, any type of deviant behavior uh, in the church that will be forced upon the corporate church. You know, and and um, some will embrace it openly and love it, and some will maybe might go kicking and screaming, but a lot of people will eventually yield. Um, they're either going to have to yield or get out, because this is going to be infiltrating, you know, I would say every single denomination to some extent, way, shape, and form, uh, in the very near future, if it hasn't already. He explained that after the Stonewall riots in 1969, homosexual activists banded together to oppose every American institution that did not fully accept and promote homosexual behavior. Because they have to constantly be justified, because they know what they're doing is wicked and evil, but they don't want to be reminded of it. They don't want to have anybody telling them that it's wrong or that they're going to end up in hell. So what do they have to do? Silence the voice of the opposition. That is the whole agenda of the homosexual, that whole disgusting, perverted, perverse movement. Shut the mouths of any person that would dare come against them. The first victory was over the American Psychiatric Association a long time ago. I believe that was probably, some of that was with that devil Kinsey guy, and then within 40 years, every other group had been conquered, he said. The Boy Scouts were the latest to fall just a year ago. The Girl Scouts have been totally infiltrated as well, even before the Boy Scouts. Now the only organization left is the church. All of their battle-hardened activists, these gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered activists, and enormous resources are now being directed at the church. If you were Satan, what would you do? You've got every other institution on the planet. You've got almost every major corporation. They're all gay-friendly. You've got the government. You've got, you know, the politics. You've got Hollywood. What's left? The only bastion of anti-gay, whatever, lesbian, gay, whatever, perverse thing, would be certain vestiges of the church. So now, they are going to concentrate all of their activists, all their demon-possessed minions and their money to concentrate on converting the church. You ain't converting me. (laughs) I'll die before you convert me. (laughs) It ain't gonna happen. (laughs) So all of their battle-hardened activists and enormous resources are being directed to the church. Oh, I'm so afraid. You know, my God's the God of the universe. Top that. I mean, I don't care how much money they throw. I don't care. It, it, you know, it's irrelevant. The problem is that the church leaders haven't been preparing for such a fight. Church leaders haven't been preparing for anything corporately at all. I mean, so many of them are now literally on the clergy response teams, yoked up with the government through FEMA and Homeland Security. And already yoked up with the government through their 501c3 corporate things. So, so they haven't prepared, been preparing for such a... They haven't been preparing for nothing. As far as I can see. Where's the, the, the national... The, 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 it should be on a daily basis, national outcry. Since Roe vs. Wade. 
I'm talking about, let's say, anyone who would call themselves a Christian. All these mainstream, lamestream denominations. I don't see it. Where's where's the where's the big gigantic push and movement to expose Planned Parenthood, the gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual movement, the abortion uh, movement, the um, you know you could go into uh, pornography, Islam infiltrating the church. I don't see it at all. I don't see it at all. I'm not saying there's certain sects, um, individual churches that haven't taken a hard stance. But they're they're the absolute exception to the rule. You know. So Lively says these these church leaders haven't been preparing for this fight that's coming to them. <laughs> How pathetic. How totally pathetic. Lively said, and they really don't know what the movement's about either. You don't, you don't know what the gay theology movement's about? Really? Well, in, in the cemetery that I got, I mean, the, the seminary I got trained in, where it told me to go take my 501c3 and, and use perverted Bible versions and bring the world into my church and make sure I don't say anything that would violate my corporate charter because then the IRS could come after me and told me, well, it'd probably be a good idea for you, you know, to preach a lot of Romans 13 and tell everybody that the government's just pure and always, always a force for good, even though when they're obvious a force for wickedness, and to yoke up with the FEMA and clergy response teams... Yeah, and I don't know how to deal with this gay thing, but I'm going to embrace it because I'm just so full of backbone. I'm like a walking redwood with, with like, I, you know, that's like my backbone. It's like a big redwood tree. What a stinking abomination that is the norm now of these pastors. This is the norm. It's just unbelievable. It reminded me of this verse. Isaiah 56, 10 and 11. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. Willingly ignorant. Okay? They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. What does a dog do if he's if he's worth his salt? He barks when he hears maybe an enemy approach or, or, or an intruder. They don't bark. They don't warn. They have no watchman capacity. Oh, everything's good. We're Revelation 3. We're the Laodicean Saint Church anyway. We, we, we're, we're neither hot nor cold, we, yet we think we're in need of nothing. But in God's eyes, you're blind, wretched, weak, naked. It's totally fulfillment of Scripture. They cannot bark. Sleeping. Lying down, loving to slumber. That's the absolute norm now. Yea, they are greedy dogs. Now here's the second reason. Well, if I said any of this stuff, I'd lose a lot, a lot of my congregation. And I, I might violate my 501c3 charter and make FEMA and the IRS mad and the government and Obama. And I might make some gay people mad. And I might be persecuted for my faith because, you know... They are greedy dogs. Well, Jesus Christ said, the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. But the hireling have no true love for the flock. 
and will flee at the first sign of whatever. Well, he's a hireling. He's doing it for the hire. He's doing it for the money. They're greedy dogs which can never have enough. And they are shepherds which can, that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his own, everyone for his gain. From his quarter. That's the norm now. That's the bold new, you know, church of the coming new world order. Going from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. As the, as the New Agers would say. I really think that, that from a satanic standpoint, Satan's not going to have hardly any problem converting these lukewarm, devil, pathetic, quote, Christian, pseudo-Christian pastors, men and women, He's not going to have any problem converting them in, into the one world religion under Antichrist. All it's going to take is a few lying signs and wonders and miracles. That's what the Bible says. The Antichrist and the false prophet are going to come with all signs and lying wonders and miracles. And if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, the false prophets included. They've thrown the Bible out a long time ago or they're using such a lukewarm version. Yoked up with the government. Afraid of the government. Afraid of persecution. They're, they're going to be easy to sway. They're already swayed. They're already in that camp. They're already not taking a stand. They're proving what side they're going to be on already. If, if you're not willing to take a stand now when things are good, you think that when things get bad, when the heat really comes on, and you might have to die for your faith, that you're going to all of a sudden grow a backbone? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. See, having a true love for the truth and then acting on that love for the truth, not just having a love for it and not doing anything about it, having a love for the truth, and doing something about it. Your life reflecting that you have a love for the truth. If you don't have a love for the truth, you will you will come into the strong delusion. And ultimately, go to hell. It sounds like to me, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that I just quoted from, that they might all be damned, who received not the love for the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. All these pastors, these these dumb dogs that cannot bark, shepherds that cannot understand, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber, ignorant, willingly ignorant, they're all showing God that they have no love for the truth. And what's even worse is they have congregations under them that they're leading down the same path. And if the blind lead at the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. Talk about no fear of God. I mean, man, fear of God alone should motivate you to not to have a backbone, to not take this type of lukewarm stance. It's going to, I mean, hell's forever. The lake of fire, it's forever. That's what's scary. 
Whatever you suffer in this life, that's nothing compared to hell and the lake of fire. Nothing. Not even remotely to be compared. And that's how serious this information comes down to being, ultimately. Beeching revealed she is a lesbian in an interview last week with the independent newspaper of London. What Jesus taught was a radical message of welcome and inclusion of love. I thought Jesus Christ said, I think not that I come to bring peace, but a sword, and a man's foes will be they of his own household. Why? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ divides. And it typically will divide families. It's the norm. My, my, my relationship with my family was never, ever, ever remotely the same after I became a born-again Christian. And it shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't be. If it is, there's a problem. I always had friction with all of my family because none of them were saved. That's the norm. I have people emailing me all the time about this kind of stuff. They get saved, all of a sudden... Their marriage. Well, my wife doesn't believe the same way I do. Or my children. They don't understand that's what the Bible says is going to happen. Unless you're equally yoked with them because they're saved like you. I mean, I'm sorry. It, it, it <laughs> It's just the way it is. So she says what Jesus taught was a radical message of welcome and inclusion, inclusion of any perverse devil. Where do we stop? Child pedophiles? Well, no, they're there. Well, you know what, Mrs. Lesbian and your homosexual buddies, do you realize that there is an absolute disproportionate amount of pedophiles or actually homosexual men as well? Disproportionate. Why? Well, they're already demon infested to begin with. So why wouldn't it make any sense that they're, you know, I don't know, ten times more apt to be a pedophile? I've given those statistics before. The average lifespan of a, of a homosexual man, 39 years. <laughs> 39 years. Wow. The Bible talks about the wicked not living out half their days. <clears throat> 39 years average lifespan. You reap what you sow. Sin has a price. It's an abomination. They don't have long lifespans. And that's probably one of the reasons they have to radically recruit so hard and shove that message down everyone's throat. Well, they're not going to live too long, so they got to really, and then they can't reproduce. Because men with men, you don't reproduce. Women with women, you don't reproduce. So they have to increase their numbers through recruiting. She goes on to say, I feel certain, I feel certain God loves me just the way I am. And I have a huge sense of calling to communicate that to the young people. For Satan, you mean? Because you, you're, you're nothing but a mouthpiece for Satan, Mrs. Beeching. I just quoted this, but Matthew 15, 14 says, Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind. If you let a woman like this lead you, or a pastor, man, woman, whatever, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. If the blind lead, lead the blind, both shall fall 
into the ditch. Well, she says, I feel certain God loves me just the way I am. Really? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 14.12 and 16.25 that there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Huh. You know, even though what you say totally goes against the Bible, you might want to look at these verses because obviously you're, you're trusting in your own wicked heart. Proverbs 28.26 says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. That's why you always try it against the word of God. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Lively, however, said beaching represents, quote, the drawing back of the tide before a tsunami. See, before a tsunami comes in, the actual... The actual uh, shoreline, the water, the shoreline will draw way back, and then the tidal wave comes. So he says that this whole thing with beaching represents the drawing back of the tide before the tsunami, and an indicator of how bad things are going to get very soon. He published a brochure for pastors that explains what the Bible says about homosexuality. You know, it's so pathetic to me that he he would have to publish a pamphlet when all the Bible verses are already in there, pointing out what an abomination homosexuality is. But then again, you have your New Age, New World Order Bible versions that were spawned from the 1881 Revised Version of Westcott and Hoare, two basic closet Catholics who used corrupt Catholic manuscripts to translate that devil of a version. And they've, in a lot of these new Bible verses, they've totally taken any reference, any negative reference out about uh homosexuality and that type of stuff. It's it's all good now. I guess to go out to go out Sodom and Gomorrah and so many other Bible verses or twist them. He goes to say not a single biblical passage portrays homosexuality positively. The brochure says Jesus unequivocally condemned all sexual sin, including homosexuality, by affirming the one flesh paradigm of Genesis, meaning that when you, you know, a man unites with his wife, you become one flesh. What about two men together? That's a pretty disgusting thought. But what is going on from a demonic basis there? Well, I can tell you, massive demonic infestation. You know? That's why why such a disproportionate amount of them are pedophiles, because they want to defile the little children, because Satan's motivating them to do that, and he wants to defile the little children. And it's a proven fact that um, particularly, well, no, men and women, but men in particular, the ones that are gay, most of them were molested by a same-sex adult when they were younger. They infuse those, them with those same devils that are associated with homosexuality. They grow up to repeat the same thing because they're full of demons. Now that's terrible. But statistically that is a fact. When they've done polls of homosexuals. That's where those devils come in. Now you could also have generational. You know, where the demons are there from a generational standpoint. 
Going further, it contends a dangerous modern heresy called gay theology is infiltrating the church at an alarming pace. Many believers, fearful of being called haters, are trivializing the threat by calling homosexuality just another sin, it says. But from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible teaches that homosexuality is not just another sin. It is a symbol of extreme rebellion against God and the harbinger of his wrath. I mean, Leviticus 20.13, If a man lie, also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death, their blood shall be upon them. What if they're not put to death? Well, then their blood, literally, it's almost like that, that sin defiles that land. Can even probably defile the people around them. We're going to look at that more later, that concept of that. This is, this is a moral commandment here. Moral commandments don't change in the Bible. Now, I'm not saying we should go around putting people to death. I'm saying the, the fact that it was wrong in the Old Testament, it's still wrong now. This is a moral thing. It's not about talking about wearing your beard a certain way. Or plowing a field with an ox and a mule, unequally yoked. It's not talking about that. Those are more ceremonial things. This, or I'm sure there's practicality with that too, but this is a moral commandment in the Bible. And there's no way you're going to convince me that this doesn't apply to, to now. I mean, back then it was only a death penalty. You just you, you had to kill them both, man, man with man. That's how serious God took it. Look what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. He had to rain that fire and brimstone on the whole city. Think it's a pretty big deal to God? Yeah. And I think it still is a really pretty big deal to God. I was just in San Francisco recently. I, I, couldn't, even, I couldn't even hardly stay there. Literally, by the time we got out of there, I was, I was ill. I felt like... Um, the Holy Spirit that lives inside a believer, it was literally, I just felt grieved. I just had to get out of there. Taylor was with me. I mean, I, I was like, it was like, man, it was like two hours after we got out of there that it finally started to calm down. I, I, just, I had to get out of there. I'm not saying that because I think I'm so Mr. Wonderful or whatever. I'm telling you what happened to me. It really did. I have never been in a place like that. Where I felt that way. Miami is about the closest thing I've come to. But I just wanted to get out of Miami. This was like, I'm getting ill being here. Now, I'm not saying that a person, you know, like a Christian or whatever, couldn't go there and and if God had a purpose for them to be there, okay? I'm not saying that or, or like trying to judge them. I'm just saying for me, that's what happened to me. I'm not called to go there, though, so. So go, this goes on to say, he said his goal is to put the brochure into the hands of every pastor and Christian leader in America. I hope he's using KJV Bible verses, because that's the only Bible that really clearly lays down the parameters on homosexuality. And around the world, so that, I mean, all the other ones get more watered down, is the point I'm trying to make. And around the world, so they have a biblical ex- explanation for why homosexual behavior is sin. Lively noted one of the founders of the gay agenda, 
Herbert Marcuse expressed a desire to see the, quote, disintegration of the monog- monogamic, like monogamic, I guess, and patriarchal families. See, they want to they wanna totally destroy the family. That's what the gay agenda is all about. Totally destroying the family unit. Which is like, you know, I mean, it's like a foundational backbone type principle of Christianity. The family unit. You start to introduce men with men and women with women into that, and it just crumbles. Well, if you were Satan, wouldn't that be important to you? Well, that's why they would want it, that's why they would want to do that. He said this this devil, Herbert Marquise, said one last barrier to the gay cultural hegemony remains the Christian church. Well, um so, oh, not Lively said that. He, when he said he's true. Yeah. Lively is not unfamiliar with attacks on Christians. He is being sued by activists in Uganda who accused him under the alien tort statue, statute, I'm sorry, um, of inciting the persecution of homosexuals from Uganda. The case is significant because a ruling against him would mean that an international agenda based on anti-biblical standards could trump the U.S. Constitution's freedom of speech and religion. U.S. District Judge Michael Posner has let the case brought against Lively by an Afro-African group called Sexual Minority of Uganda, or SMUG. How how appropriate is that? They're all smug in their homosexual self-righteousness. He's let it proceed. How can you let a case from Uganda proceed in the United States? Well, hey, if it's if it's going to prop up the gay agenda, well, we're going to let we're going to make an exception. Smug calls lively speech against homosexual behavior a crime against humanity. <laughs> May God rain down his fury on these devils in violation of international law. If this don't get you fired up, your wood's wet. I mean, this is just really righteous indignation stuff. The plaintiffs allege the alien tort statute in the United States allows them to make the change in a U.S. court. What a bunch of garbage. But Lively's attorney, Horatio Myhit of Liberty Council, says his client's preaching is protected by the Constitution. First Amendment. We believe Smug's claim claims are firmly foreclosed, not only by the First Amendment right to free speech, but also by the Supreme Court's recent decision uh, in Coyobel, which eliminated alien tort statute claims for events that allegedly occurred in foreign nations, he said. Well, I pray to God they're victorious. We should pray that they are victorious with this. Yet Posner took nearly 80 pages. This is the um, uh, Posner this U.S. District Judge Posner. Why, why, why would he, you know, I thought he was supposed to be neutral. He took nearly 80 pages to say that he thought Smug's allegations were substantive and needed to be adjudicated. Why? Because he's on that team. He's on Obama's team, and they're told, whatever you can do to outlaw any kind of anti Gay, lesbian, homosexual, bisexual, transgendered speech, you do that. 
Again, things to pray about. Things to pray about, definitely. Going further. Next report, apostasy rising. Four denominations in less than a week defy God's word. This was in July 2nd of this year. The United Church of Christ, or UCC, bills itself as the church where God is still speaking. Apparently, God's word is falling on deaf ears of the leadership, though. The UCC, which considers itself a mainline Protestant denomination, claiming over 1 million members and about 5,200 congregations in the U.S., proudly announced it will serve as a major sponsor of the Gay Games. Yes, you heard that right. They're going to be a major sponsor of the Gay Games. I believe it's in Cleveland. The UCC will now now go down in Christian history as the first major denomination to sponsor the Homosexual Olympics when the games roll into Cleveland, Ohio on August 1st, in August. What a stinking abomination, stench in God's nostrils, straight from the pit of hell. Can you imagine all of the debauchery? I mean, the Olympics by themselves, I mean, (laughs) bad enough, but you combine it with the gay Olympics... I mean, it's so sickening. I guess my jaw shouldn't have dropped when I read this news, considering the UCC filed a gay marriage rights lawsuit in April. They're filing, it's pretty bad when you have mainline Protestant, quote, Christian devil nations, I mean denominations, filing lawsuits to, I guess, protect gay marriage. Talk about everything being upside down. Jay Bennett Guess, one of UCC's national officers, and again, UCC is the United Church of Christ, one of their national officers, and its openly first openly gay executive, church executive, calls it social, a social justice issue, and says the denomination prides itself on being a bold voice for progressive Christianity. What would we do without these wonderful um, pseudo-Christian organizations roving the land? I mean, I don't don't know. In case you aren't familiar with what the term progressive Christianity really means, let's take a moment to define it. Progressive Christianity has a strong focus on social justice and environmentalism. Progressive Christianity focuses on concepts like collective salvation, where entire cultures and societies, rather than just individuals with faith in Christ, are redeemed, again, no Bible for any of this, and and bends toward a Marxist economy philosophy. Sounds like it's straight from the pit of hell for me. And Progressive Christianity does does not subscribe to the biblical doctrine of inerrancy of Scripture. Heavens no, they've thrown the Bible out of out of out of their pews probably, you know, decades ago. That last line explains a lot. For example, it explains why the UCC was the first mainline denomination to affirm equal marriage rights for same sex couples. It explains why the UCC was the first to ordain an openly gay man. Man, you know, judgment must begin at the house of the Lord and, and I, I tell you the church, this four, 501c3 corporate church whore needs judgment like no other entity on the planet. No other entity on the planet really deserves more judgment than them because they should know better. 
And they're acting as though they're God's emissaries. It says it overall explains why the UCC has fallen into the deception of sponsoring events that celebrate the LGBT people instead of trying to win them to Christ. LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Even, but even denominations that don't consider themselves part of the progressive Christianity movement are falling into this deception. The Presbyterian Church of the USA last week voted to allow its ministers to perform gay weddings in states where it's legal. On Tuesday, Methodist pastor Frank Schaefer, who was defrocked for officiating his son's gay wedding, was fully reinstated, and the Moravians voted to ordain gay clergy as well. My research shows that there is a long and growing list of gay-affirming denominations, including the Affirming Pentecostal Church International. And they're all getting on the, the same satanic bandwagon that's going to hell. Saints, we're seeing 1 Timothy 4.1 played out right before our eyes. It's called the Great Apostasy, and it's well underway. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul wrote, Now the Spirit, 1 Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, Spirit, capital S, that in the latter times, which is where we're in now, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Because you've got to have your conscience seared with a hot iron to be doing this stuff, especially as a pastor. Next report. Evangelicals are changing their minds on gay marriage, and the Bible isn't getting in their way. Amy Tincture, an evangelical Christian who plays bass in the band at her suburban Ohio church, where she and her fellow congregants firmly believe the words we adhere to are those of the Bible, but last summer, without telling her husband and two kids, which seems really biblical, she's doing stuff behind her husband's back and kids' back, uh, what she was doing, she boarded a plane for a conference in Kansas, whose purpose many evangelicals would plainly consider heretical. Tincture is one of 50 people flown from around the country and the world, Canada, China, Nigeria, South Korea, to a four-day, quote, Bible, should be Satanic Bible, boot camp, dedicated to discussing and embracing gay relationships. So I'm, I'm, I'm weaving all of these reports together, which are all true, to show you that this isn't one isolated incident. This has taken place everywhere. Um, the gathering was organized by Matthew Vines, who by then was enjoying modest fame for a 2012 YouTube video, and there's a link to it, which, in which Vines, looking even younger than his 21 years, delivers, and, and he's definitely not a novice. I mean, he's, he's, only, he's 21, and he's out there, you know, teaching the masses on what the Bible really says. You know, I mean, I'm glad we have a novice devil like that to, to truly show us the way. Anyway, he delivers an hour-long lecture arguing, and I'm not saying a 21-year-old couldn't do that, uh, but, you know, this guy's obviously a tool of Satan, okay? No, no doubt about it. He delivers an hour-long lecture arguing that the Bible does not, in fact, condemn all same-sex relationships. Oh, really, devil boy? Well, let me kind of refresh your memory on what the Bible does say. Romans one twenty-six through 28 says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use 
into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly. And receiving in themselves that recompense, meaning that reward, of their heir which was meet, meaning proper. Let me ask you a question. Could part of that recompense of heir, I, I understand ultimately they end up in hell, but could part of that recompense of heir be the whole, uh, we only live to be 39 years old on average? That's a reward. That's a re- They're reaping what they sow. That's a recompense. That's a reward for their for their wickedness. Hey, you know, just chop off half your lifespan. No big deal. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, well, of course they don't. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Hey, you want to stay in that pig slop of sin? Well, God will let you have it your way. He's not going to force you. So he gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That word convenient means apt or fitting or proper. Romans, then Romans one thirty two goes on to say, who knowing the judgment of God, because they, they, deep down, they know the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. That's how the Bible feels about men with men and women with, with women. They which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Misery loves company. Leviticus 18.22-30 through 30 says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. This is a moral commandment. These moral commandments don't change. For in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. What does that say about America? Who on an increasing everyday basis, now even in the church, is embracing this whole lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender agenda. By, by the minute, it's increasing. Well, God casts out those nations. And they're defiled. And the land is defiled. When you have this garbage going on, the land literally comes under a curse. California's not doing too good right now. Now, I know that you could say the whole weather warfare thing and they're, and they're doing it on purpose. You're probably right. But remember, God's still on the throne. So he could prevent that. You got rampant homosexuality out there. San Francisco alone. L.A. You name it. The land of the fruits and nuts. Now, I'm not condemning everybody that lives out there. I was just out there. But I'm just saying... Could that have anything to do with that? And the land is defiled. Therefore, I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it. So to the amount of sin that is being committed there, particularly in this case, this homosexual type, to the amount that you're sowing in sin, well, you're going to reap that. And the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. That's the future of San Francisco. Let's just use the most blatant gay places on the planet. That is the future of San Francisco, or Key West, or Tel Aviv, which is the gay capital of Israel, 
where these these gay, super mega gay strongholds exist, or any of these really big cities where this goes on at a breakneck pace. Wickedness is always far worse in these big... The, the bigger the city, the more the wickedness. It's like clockwork. That's why the Bible says, Woe to them that join house and house and field unto field. Where does it say that? It says it in the Old Testament. Look it up. Big, huge, metropolitan cities are not God's plan. It'd be one thing if it was like during the millennium or something and, and everybody was on the same page, you know. Serving the Lord Jesus Christ, okay, that'd be one thing. But that is where the majority of wickedness on a proportionate basis tends to be committed. I mean, I go into Charlotte here, and it's like, everywhere I turn, I see gay guys. You know, or butch lesbians. Effeminate men. Just wickedness, you know. It's at a much greater concentration there than it is where I live. It just is. I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, and and it's like every way I turn, you know, people all tattooed up and and piercings and gay guys and lesbians. And I mean, it's, you know, women dressed really inappropriately. It's at a much greater rate in the city. You can't argue that. You, you go into the, the, the suburbs, it gets better. You go into the country, it typically gets better. Now, I'm not saying that all places, I'm sure that there's enclaves of Satanists in certain country settings that, you know, and that's by design, okay? I get that. I'm just talking about overall, that is a fact, okay? And I've, I've witnessed it over and over and over again. I go into these big cities. I can't stand even driving into them. I don't like them. I, I, I don't know. I just, it's like grievous to me to even go there. Charlotte's one of the better ones, I'll be honest. Definitely one of the better ones that I've ever, you know, you just get that feeling. Like San Francisco, it doesn't even compare to Charlotte. I mean, I was getting physically ill being in San Francisco. I didn't really drive through L.A. kind of drove along the outskirts. I know that's another terrible one. I have been through there before. And I was like, oh my word, get me out of here. Anyway. The video, this video um, that this guy put out about this, uh, I don't know, the fact that the Bible does in fact, does not condemn all same-sex marriages, you know. Thank you, Satan, for giving me that Bible study. The, the video has gone viral, racking up more than four seven hundred and thirty thousand views to date. Landing vines on the cover of the New York Times Sunday Style section. Well, hey, Satan always honors his own. You know, you got all the Hollywood awards they give out with the the Grammys and the Tonys and the Academy Awards, and you got your Nobel Peace Prizes we talked about in the last study. Well, Satan always honors his own. Sure, he wants to give credit where satanic credits due. Sure. He knows the man's, most men's desire for pride and to be puffed up and to say, look at me. Sure. He'll, he'll feed your, he'll feed your ego as long as you do his bidding, most of the time. You know, he understands, he's the same way. Well, where does it say that? Well, it's the first thing, it was the first thing that ever made Satan really sin. It says because of his beauty and because of his merchandise, he had great possessions evidently. 
said his soul was lifted up because of these things. His beauty being the first thing mentioned. You know. Pride. What was that? Pride. He's like, man, I'm a stud. And I got all these possessions. And I'm going to be his God. Basically, it's what he said. I'm going to usurp God's position. I will be like the Most High. I will ascend into the sides of the north. Really? <laughs> Dude, you are delusional. You really think you're going to oust Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ off the throne? Uh-uh. Not going to happen. And it never will. But see, that's what pride does to you. It blinds you. I mean, he obviously thought he had a shot at it. How delusional would you have to be to think that? Even as a fallen cherubim. Because Satan is not an angel. He's an angelic being, but he said he is the anointed cherub that covereth. He was, in a, cher- he was a cherub. Okay? Different than like, like Gabriel or um, Michael, those types of angels. Different. Look up cherub in the Bible. You know, different deal altogether. So anyway, let's go further. Uh, uh, so he was on the cover of New York Times Sunday Style section and helping him raise 100000 for the conference where he launched the Reformation Project, a nationwide network of pro-gay evangelicals committed to ending their church's long-standing hostility toward the gay people. Well, may all their ungodly efforts come to nothing in the name of Jesus Christ. Tincture told me she had once tried on an anti-gay attitude to fit in with her conservative community. Now this is the lady that got on the plane behind her husband's back. Okay, She had once tried on the anti-gay attitude to fit in with her conservative community in Liberty Township outside of Cincinnati. But like many evangelicals, she struggled to see how homophobia could Accord with an all-loving Christian God. Where does it say God's all-loving? God says he, he hates the wicked. All things are created by God, even the wicked for the day of evil. The wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. They're vessels of wrath fitted for God's destruction, the Bible says in Hebrews. They're, they're prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. The wheat and the tares. The tares are going to be thrown into the fire and burned up. Again, this is just... This is not in the Bible. So when her pastor sent her a link to the Vines video, she recalls, quote, this is the video that justified this this 21-year-old demon-infested little devil that had this video up there that said... God doesn't condemn same-sex marriages. She said, I remember... And here's a woman that's married. She's not even a lesbian. She says, I remember sitting in my kitchen and just crying. I knew in my heart, but I had not ever been told that from the pulpit. Your wicked heart that, that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? And that he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. That same heart? I'm not holding her to a higher accountability than I hold myself. We're all capable of being deceived. Apart from uh, comparing things to what the Word of God says. I mean, (laughs) 
mean, it's a very serious issue. So I tend not to mince words. It's no secret that attitudes towards same-sex relations uh, that have changed in this country. Gay marriage is now legal in 19 states, plus the District of Columbia, and all major public opinion surveys now show a majority of Americans are in favor of it. Our downfall, one of the main sources of our downfall and God's judgment is that. A majority of Americans are in favor of same-sex relations. You know what they're doing? I mean, this is really disgusting, evil stuff. Literally defiling the land. Well, what they do behind closed doors doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. It defiles the land that you are in. And it does affect you. You just don't see it affecting you. Because you can't see the devils. You can't see the curse on the land. Everybody's collectively, people's inhibitions get lower. They're willing to accept more sin. They participate in more sin. That's part of the land. And then the land's further defiled. Tincture no longer... Tincture are no longer outliers either. Okay, meaning, I guess, increasingly, even evangelical Christians long known for doctrinally condemning homosexuality, are embracing gay people too. What, do they just think that the Bible changed its mind all of a sudden? God says, you know, I changeth not. Matthew Vine's video arguing that the Bible does not condemn same-sex marriage has gotten more than 730,000 views on YouTube. Oh, you know, golf clap for you. Of course, anything that's going to tickle your ears, you can have tons of views. And help them start a network of evangelicals committed to ending anti-gay attitudes in the church. See, ultimately, just people like me are going to have to die. That's what they're going to say. Because we're intolerant. We're bigots. Even though I just want to hear what the Word of God says. Because I don't want the land being defiled. Because I know what ultimately that all leads to. They're going to be, they're going to be molesting the little children like crazy. Just like what I said before. Disproportionate amount of gay men are pedophiles. It's a proven statistical fact. All that whole Kinsey thing, lowering the age of consent, that's what it's all about. Ultimately defiling all the little children and each other. Look at how bad it got on Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, the, the, the angel blinds these guys because they want, they want to know this angel, who angels in the Bible always appeared as really, typically, really good-looking men. He must have been really good-looking. I mean, I'm, I imagine that they were really super desperate as well. They had already, you know, defiled each other. Um, and evidently, they saw this angel guy. Lot took him in, and they were like, well, pounding on Lot's door saying, we want to we wanna, uh, know him. Send him out. Angel blinds them, and they're still so sexually um, possessed with devils that they still grope to find the door even though they've all been blinded so that they can have sex with this angel. That's how bad it, it ultimately gets. Sodom and Gomorrah is a great example of if you just let a gay culture go to its obvious end 
to where it obviously will end up in the end. It's a logical conclusion. That is where it ends up. Gets so bad that God has to just cleanse the whole land with fire and brimstone. Kill every single person. It's a pretty serious issue to God. But here we have the church actively trying to bring us back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I'll fight it tooth and nail. They can threaten me all they want. Whatever. (laughs) God, remember, God can protect you from them. They're vessels of Satan. Essentially. I know, and I do think there are some examples of of gay people getting saved. I mean, there's... I've read the the testimonies before. I'm not going to say that they couldn't do that. I think it is obviously the very rare exception... But it does seem as though there are examples of it, and I have read those. But, man, I mean, this is a bad situation. It's only getting worse. And nobody's doing anybody favors by acting like it doesn't exist. And that's the norm in the church. I'm not saying my listeners, but that's the norm in the church. Let's just ignore it. Maybe it'll go away. Yeah, it went away in Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Yeah. Over the past decade, evangelical support for gay marriage has more than doubled. (laughs) Oh man, are we in for it. Church in general. According to a polling by a nonpartisan public relations research institute. Uh, I mean, wow. Let me just read some of those verses. Luke 17, 28 through 30. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Okay, Sodom, this was in Sodom and Gomorrah. All the Sodomites doing their thing. That's where we get the word Sodomites. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. You know, it was pretty serious to God, evidently. Pretty serious to God. And these devils have the audacity to say that God condones same-sex relations? What planet are they living on? Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. That's... that's well, this is the time we're moving into. Huh. It's no wonder all of this garbage is going on. The Bible predicts it. Right here. Jude 1.6 And thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is... Oh, I'm sorry. That was Luke 17.30. Jude 1.6 And the angels, which kept not their first estate... This is Noah. Now, coincidentally, in Luke, right before that, it says, as it was in the days of Lo- Noah... So shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. And then it says, Likewise as it was in the days of Lot, what was going on in Noah's day? Well, here's what was going on in Noah's day. The angels which kept not their first estate. That's their estate means home or abode. They kept not their first estate. They fell from heaven. In Genesis 6, they left their own, but left their own habitation. Angels are not meant to have sexual relations with women. 
But they saw the daughters of men, they took the wives of whom they chose, and they bore them the Nephilim, or the giants, the fallen ones of Genesis 6, okay? They left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the day judgment under uh, of the great day. And then let's compare that to, then we go to verse 7, even, and this is in comparison, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication, men with men, I'm sure women with women, and going after strange flesh. Men with men is going after strange flesh. It, it, is, it is an abomination of God. You cannot procreate a race men with men. Obviously. Or women with women. They were going after strange flesh. Just like the angels who went after the daughters of men were going after strange flesh. It's an absolute total parallel between these two verses. To com- comparing two examples. And going after strange flesh are set forth for an example. That whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing was set forth as an example to humanity that this is an abomination of God. Don't do it. Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Doesn't it sound like one person in Sodom and Gomorrah got saved? Other than, than Lot was saved. The Bible says um, that Lot was righteous and just. Job 4.8 says, Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. You look at all of the statistics that I have read about gays and lesbians and all of the horrific statistics that surround them. Not just the, the reduced lifespan, but the diseases, the domestic violence, all of those things. They're reaping what they've sowed. Job 4.9, by the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed. Psalm 37 verse 38, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together, and the end of the wicked shall be cut off. I'm telling you, this is their future. I don't want them to die and go to hell, I don't. But I'm not doing them any favors by saying, playing little, um heretical, biblical patty cake with them and say, oh yeah, God condones what you're doing because he loves everybody unconditionally no matter what you do. The Bible doesn't say that. Psalm 101 verse 8, I will destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all the wicked doers from the city of the Lord. I mean, Bible's really clear on this. I'm going to go ahead and end part two here, and we will go to part three uh, next. God bless you.